everyone, and welcome to episode 165 of Final Fantasy Union. I am your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Laura. Hi, guys. And we've been playing some Dissidia NT, have yep. we not? Yes, we have. I think I've probably been playing a bit more than you have, but mm. um, it's going to be our main discussion today. We're going to be talking about our impressions of the game so far, and Lauren is extremely looking forward <laughs> to uh, to uh, telling everyone how she feels about it. Oh, yes. So excited. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got some questions afterwards that some of them are related to Dissidia some of them are not mm. so uh, hopefully you guys are interested in listening to those uh, we've got no news this episode there has been some stuff going on but nothing too significant I would have said um, it's been quite quiet I guess around the launch of Dissidia NT there's been a couple mm. of things about Final Fantasy 15 but nothing nothing major so uh, yeah we're just going to keep it those two segments today and for you new folks who are listening for the first time, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every single Tuesday, working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come on the iTunes store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com, and we also have our YouTube channel, Final Fantasy Union Vids. Mm. We're now going to head on to our Patreon shoutouts, and we're going to do shoutouts for everyone who has pledged $2.50 or more per episode. I'm going to kick things off, Lauren, with... Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Then we have Lewis James. Blue Machine at Blue Machine. Chris Morales. Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Jonathan Gonzalez at... Oh, it's just Johnny. Marcus Karnecki. Josh McNabb. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto 58. William Trengove at Vonisicture. Mike. Dustin Smith. Tyson Wildman at Ty Wildman 1. Ishbel Ayala at Red Peppers. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mohammed Quayam. Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray. Vitanitas. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. Miles Ribbons. Richard Holman at Vex Lennon. Rob Porter. And Patrick. And those last two, Rob Porter and Patrick, are actually new Patreon supporters. So welcome, welcome to the family, everyone. Welcome. And uh, yeah, we're now going to head on to our Dissidia NT impressions. Mm. So, Lauren, obviously we both played the open beta. Yes. Um, how are you feeling about the game then? Obviously you had like a couple of weeks to let it digest, sit mm-hmm. in. Was there anything that you were kind of apprehensive about based on what you played? I mean... The only thing that I get a bit a bit apprehensive of is like trying to find the right character for me because I'm quite particular with how I like to do things. I mean, I I do really like ranged characters. Um so I've been trying out like various characters to see how I feel about them. And um I feel like at the moment I haven't really found the character that I really get on with yet. So it's a bit difficult for me because like you know, you just go th- when you go th- jump from character to character. You don't really get to know the move sets just yet, but you don't really have the time to dedicate to every single character. There are quite a lot of them. Yeah, so it's a bit overwhelming. Um, the beta kind of helped you a bit because they limited you to only a certain amount of of characters at one time, um, which was nice. But yeah, I mean, it's a bit like what I was expecting, really. Um, obviously, you have the new modes. You have the story mode, which is much more um, expansive than it was in the beta. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much the same. Um, aside from the change in 
buttons for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why they did it, but I guess they had complaints or something. But it really threw both of us off. I mean, you can change that. You can change the controls, like. But they changed around the um, brave bravery, brave attacks, and jump, and like you don't think that that's that much of a difference. But it is. Well, the weird thing is that obviously uh, during the beta was that X was jump and um, circle. No, circle was jump. Circle was jump. X was brave attack. attack. And um, yeah, so we were playing that. I mean, I must have played like a hundred plus game like throughout the online and the gauntlet modes with with that setup. And then I played uh, Decidia NT. Um, I didn't download the day one patch immediately because I just wanted to play the game. So I waited and I was playing it with the normal control scheme. It was felt normal again. Put the patch on. Uh, and I and I was like, all right, I'm going to play some online games now since I've got the patch and I can do online. Go in there and the controls were not doing what I expected them to do. <laughs> I, I thought that something had broken with the game or something yeah. because I was like, I'm hitting X to do my brave attack and it's not doing it. Like, yeah. What's going I on here? I just keep jumping. And yeah, you wouldn't think how how much just switching those two buttons around changes everything because, you know, all of your evasion mechanics and everything are reliant on you knowing mm. what to press when. So every single time I was like, right, I need to uh, jump or do something related to jump. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I know. I just, my brain was just like, no, I've got to press that button to do it. It's like I had to relearn how to like run up buildings and stuff because obviously you press some um, r1 and then the jump button to go up buildings and i was just kind of like uh, this is not computing it just made me so unresponsive to everything yeah because i got so accustomed to everything working in a certain way mm. and then having just that slight change i mean maybe it was in the notes and we just didn't see um oh no they probably they really, announced they were we gonna do really, it it's yeah, just that we just were thrown off even if even if i knew it was going to happen it would still kind of have messed me up because yeah. it's not what i'd been practicing on. yeah yeah definitely um i don't know yeah i don't know why they changed it. i guess it must no. have been feedback they got from the beta or something mm-hmm. because but, the one that yeah. we're using now is like control scheme g yeah <laughs> yeah um but aside from that i mean it's interesting now because everything's sort of opened up. I mean, obviously in the beta, everything was quite closed. Um, so you didn't really have a lot of selections of the side moves, X X moves. And now you have like a whole plethora of X moves. And it's quite a lot to get through. Like there's um, there's a load of you're, these. Uh, you're referring to the EX moves, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah X moves. EX Sorry, I was just because like X button. Ah, X ah, bravery okay. attacks. Yeah. EX moves. Um, yeah. So you like... Whereas in the um, in the beta, you only had a few to choose from. Uh, this time you have like a bucket lid because you both have um, buffs and then you have debuffs. And it's really like, it's a lot to get through. And- yeah, and I, I think I've we've unlocked quite a few, but I think there's yeah. obviously still more because I haven't got the trophy yet for unlocking them all. Oh, really? Yeah, it, um, it, there's, there's a ton. And it's just like trying to find the time to try them all out. Because even that, like, I'm sort of guessing about what I feel would be necessary for a battle. I mean, it's interesting Daryl and I's difference in playing, because Daryl is much more of the aggressive type player. You like to get all the bravery points and stuff, whereas I like to have the HP instead. I like to be quite protective. Like, you like, um, uh, what was the buff? Uh, the one where you, you increase the, um, where you increase the bravery points. The bravery regen. Yeah. Like you like that, whereas I like the HP regen. I prefer that instead, which is interesting. It's just like a difference of play. Well, I mean, I'm never really in a situation where my HP is low. Yeah. So. Because you're so amazing. Yeah, of course. You're so great at the game. 
I mean, my kill to death ratio after 10 games was like, I'd only been killed. I think I'd only been incapacitated twice. Yeah. So generally when I lost, it wasn't my fault. Ah, well, there you go. Ta-da! Um, but yeah. Uh... No, it's just like how everyone has slightly different tactics. And I think yeah. because they have so many different EX moves available, it does mean that there are a lot of different options for how you want to do things, especially mm. from the enfeebling side. Because you can do things like bind certain people in place yeah. so they can't move. You can blind people. Mm-hmm. You can poison them, obviously. Like, there's so many different elements of the the play. And I think that's going to be something that really... When people start taking it more seriously and start, obviously, forming the parties and, and if they do ever make it into some kind of eSport, that's the kind of stuff that's going to really make a difference, I feel. Like, this, mm-hmm. the, the kind of the, the small nuances in terms of which characters have what. And it's kind of like on League of Legends where you have the two spells you can choose. Like, some people would like to have the heal because... They want that security of having mm-hmm. that heal, but then really, a lot of I guess the higher up you get, you don't really, you don't need it because you know it's kind of useless. Like mm-hmm. it's there's there's other spells that are more useless. Like a lot of people would use flash instead of heal because then you can use the flash to get out of the situation that yeah. you need the heal for. But it's yeah. it's more difficult to use. Oh, I love League of Legends it's so much. Fun. No, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> you like it I in theory. It you like it in theory. <laughs> well, yeah. It, when I'm when I'm winning, it's it's great. But um yeah uh so characters I mean I, what do I, you use at the moment I was really liking Ace mm-hmm. uh, obviously during the open beta I I tried using him in this but the whole the problem with Ace and also Ramza is that if you're doing a lot of the offline content they're useless mm-hmm. so they're not Ace and Ramza weren't incorporated into the story for whatever reason I'm guessing because they're like added in. But then so is Josh Tola. Like I, yeah. I don't understand why they chose. Well, she, to... wa- she wasn't added in. She wa- she wasn't. She's fresh for this game. She's fresh for this game, but she wasn't added in in the arcade version. Yeah, no, but they hadn't worked on the story. That the story didn't exist then. Yeah, but I think that I I have a feeling that I'm I'm just theorizing that that's Ramza why they were was one of the first characters in. added to the game. Yeah, but he was after the he arcade was version added. Launched. Yeah, yeah, but that was like two years ago. Yeah. And the story isn't that detailed that they couldn't make a couple of cutscenes to incorporate them into it. No, I know, I know. But, like, that's just my, that's just my I know, theory no, I know of why, what's going on. But then they've added a lot of other characters in since then as well. Mm. Like, it's, I mean, it's, I just think it's weird that they chose to exclude them because they're from spin-offs. Yeah. That, that's the only reason, because mm. Noctis was literally only just announced and he's in the it's story. It's true, it's true. But I think that they always planned for him to be in the story. They just couldn't work out how but they to They always planned Ram- to Ramza was announced for, to be in the game. I know, I know. When they announced, announced the game. I he... know that he was announced to be in the game. I know, I know, I know. No, I'm just saying, like, in terms of mainline games versus, versus spin-off games, like, I just think that that probably was part of their decision. Like, they always intended Noctis to be a part of the story. Not necessarily they always intended Ramza to be a part of the story. I just don't I don't know what they really have to gain from cutting them out. But anyway, going back to my point, but it yeah. meant that it meant that when you're going through the story, um they're not there. So I was like, Okay, great, I can practice with Ace or whatever, but I'm really restricted to either playing online mm. or doing the basic gauntlet because yeah. you can't use him in anything else. Yeah. And it's the same for Ramza as well. Whereas a lot of the other things, uh, obviously, as you progress through the story, you've got the different battles that you would take place in, um, and then you unlock the story gauntlets too. But they're restrictive character sets, and Ace and Ramza aren't part of those character sets because they're mm. not in the story. It just really kind of pissed me off that yeah. they that they took that approach to just exclude them. Mm. And obviously, as they add characters in via DLC, it's going to be the same thing. Nomura had said that they want to try and integrate them into the story and expand the story out, but you know there's a good chance they're not going to do that. 
So any characters they add in again, you're only going to be able to use in these kind of restrictive modes. They're going to be yeah. basically online only, which are, you know, it's it's a big part of the game. Yeah. And from what I've seen of how people are unlocking the trophies, the online side is much more popular popular <laughs> than the offline side of things. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, they've there's... always they've always been quite transparent in that the story is not going to be that like intense. No, but but anyway, as as a result of that, the fact that, that Ace Ace just wasn't yeah. there. Um, I found a love for Cloud, which mm. is quite interesting. It's Cloud, I know you're so basic. It's pretty basic. You are really um, basic. I did play a school a lot in Open Beta, and I'm just not really getting on with him as much as Cloud. I think Cloud's moveset suits me a bit better. Like it's, mm. I mean, he's he's good. I mean, based on, I mean, if, if, all you got to do is look at the trophies and see because there's trophies for for beat, winning three matches online with an A plus plus rating, which is very hard to do mm-hmm. because you're relying on your teammates sucking, yeah, and you basically beating the crap out of everyone. There's a lot of variables that would yeah. go into that happening. You can do it a lot offline because your teammates do suck and the people you're going up against suck. But um, online, it's very different. Anyway, the the cloud trophy for that has been unlocked first, which is suggests that either he's the easiest to do it with mm-hmm. because he's got the best moveset or that people are just playing as cloud more. Yeah. For whatever reason, but generally people would... With this kind of game, obviously a, a character's popularity will play into who's going to play as who, but then... Yeah people will gravitate to what gives them the best chance of victory. I think, like, out of the games that I've played, Cloud is definitely the one I've seen the most. Cloud and Sephiroth are the ones, and Noctis even, I've seen I've seen the most. Yeah. it's a, There's more but variation yeah. now, though, than there was during the beta. People are, like, diversifying more, he's a more bit characters. Like, he's a bit like the, um, oh, would you say he's a bit like the, the Garen? Uh, well, from League of Legends changed Legends. a lot because I know, but like when when we were playing, like, would you say he's like the was Garen the one that everybody used, or was it no, the other it was just one? me? Yeah, um, I don't know. There's a lot. There was there were a lot of characters where they were. I mean, OP and I guess like nerfed. the Ash as well. Like Ash was just a character that everybody who started out like played as at least once. Um, but yeah, sorry, League but of yeah. Legends. See, uh, Cloud's probably the one I'm, I'm going with at the moment. I guess. Uh, you prefer like the ranged magic users. I don't really yeah, but get I'm on not, with them that well. I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm kind of going back and forth because I just, I haven't, like I said, like I haven't really found my character yet. Like I've tried, I've tried a lot of the mages. Like I've tried Shantoto. I've tried um, Yustola, Um And I just, I like them, but I don't like them at the same time because it's really hard to go up against someone who is aggressive and as a mage it's difficult because you basically have to try and distance yourself from the combat and you also have to you also have to rely heavily on other people helping you and supporting you and i don't think the game really helps with that unless you're very unless you're very conscious of what's going on around you i mean if you play against um like platinum or mithril ai characters Mm -hmm. and you're going up against like an ultima seer she will basically try and remove herself from the combat mm. to get as far away from everyone as possible, so that she can kind of knock people away. Yeah, she never. You rarely ever. You rarely ever see them in this in the kind of in the thick of things. And obviously, depending on the character setups you have, and I think that's one of the kind of the, the challenges that that that. I guess with League of Legends, when it first came out, it was a similar kind of thing. People just played whoever the hell they wanted, whenever they wanted. Yeah. 
as it became more of a serious sport, there were certain expectations about which characters you needed to oh, play as. And they were so irritating as well. But like, the whole thing you was have that, to jungle. You're this character. You have to jungle. But, no. But the whole thing was that you you got you were in a process where you picked the characters with other people there. So yeah. you could see what other people were picking. And if someone was picking a character that, that complimented you, great. Yeah. If pick if someone if your character was completely just not useful for whatever, then you wouldn't pick them. But the trouble is, is that with um, with Dissidia, there's not that opportunity to change because with no, League of Legends, yeah, with League of Legends, you don't lock in immediately, so you can make changes and adjustments according to I, what other people pick. Honestly, I think the the way that they've done the online just shows a real naivety and lack of experience there are yeah. so many elements like just even from the ui like anyone who's played destiny recently sometimes you could be waiting for 15 minutes or longer to try and do like a raid or something mm-hmm. um but there's like a time that says how many people are in the party like mm-hmm. there, there's stuff that kind of makes you aware that stuff's happening like yeah. they don't just add it doesn't just it's not just like a little t- text box at the top saying yeah. like Fighting waiting people. people yeah and when that changes they don't get added in or whatever like it's just really bad like it's really basic stuff yeah. but yeah they they should have just done it so that you they finds the people you're going to play with mm-hmm. and then you choose your then character you choose your characters yeah exactly i think that that is a much better system because why else have that like it almost seems pointless to have that ready thing at the beginning like where you 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 have your character they find their people and then you have to click ready again because it's just like well you're already ready like you're yeah, already you've done had so long to actually choose which setup you want to yeah, have yeah so you know like there's no point to it but now I'm, I'm ready 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 i'm really yeah, like in that way, I sort of think like how much of that was Square Enix's decision and how much of that was Team Ninja's because I feel like Team Ninja would have had more care about that. But there again, I don't know. I, because I they haven't don't played really do DOA. Those. I haven't played DOA online, so mm. I don't really know how that works. Yeah, me neither. So we can't really compare it. But like, I definitely think that yeah, there could have been more care to that because I think that's where Dissidia fumbles the most is the fact that they chose to go three v three, like. It's fair enough if you want to go 3v3. I think we had a conversation on the stream about this. Like, it's fair enough if you want to go 3v3. Like, I have no problems with it, but you have to do it well. And and also, I don't... Based on the fact that 2v2... I mean, it's even part of the storyline, the handicap matches, whatever. Like, there's a there's a whole gauntlet, which is you're only allowed two characters, 2v2 for the whole gauntlet. Yeah. I don't know why they restricted online mode to 3v3. Why not yeah. just have pe- give people the options to do 1v1 or 2v2 or yeah. 3v3? It doesn't change anything. No. It doesn't make um it doesn't make the experience any less. It just gives people more options. Mm. And I really hope that's something they actually add in but further then, down the line. To a degree, I almost feel like the gameplay doesn't account for it because if I you played think the about... 2v2. The 2v2 was actually quite no, fun. No, but I mean like one one well, yeah. I was just sort of thinking it from the perspective of like 1v1, like if you get caught in a combo and then you can't yeah, but escape. That's, like that's, that's fighting really, games. Yeah, it's true. You know, if if anyone who's listening has is, is played like Tekken online, Virtua Fighter, Dead or Alive, but Street those, Fighter, Marvelous Capcom. Those games are better with recovery than Dissidia is. I feel like kind recovery of, but is quite I mean, difficult. Dissidia, even though it's 3v3, um, there is like, was, like channeling, tunneling or whatever, mm. where you, you generally will like, pick someone out at the beginning yeah and it's you it's it's you versus Uses them essentially them, and yeah. you know it's, it's no different from any other MOBA yeah. like League of Legends was you have your lane it's yeah. you're going up against that person and there will become a point where things like divulge and yeah. become more like everyone gets involved but you know Dissidia NT has that kind of thing where at the start of the at the start of the match 
every, it assigns everyone to everyone, and a lot of people will stick with their initial target. And depending on the character, it's a good thing to do so. Mm. Like when I've been playing as Cloud, I kind of deviate a bit more and I'd like to mix thing, mix things up. Ooh. But then, you know, there's obviously the risk that you're just going to get hit in the back when you do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is very annoying. <laughs> but I think the, the whole thing I've seen about 1v1 is that they've they've uh, kind of simplified the game. Um, so it doesn't, as a 1v1, yeah, it is quite restrictive in that, you know, if you're fighting against Titus, it's just going to be boring. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I'm being hit by the same move again and again Woo-hoo. and again. Woo. But uh, yeah, like it's, and also the maps are very large. Yeah, yeah, which is just so, like, it's just so expensive. But in the same vein, like, I really do like the maps. Like, I think that they're a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of nice things within I, the environment. I hate the maps with vertical stuff. I, yeah. Eden, I love. I like Cornelia is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rabbit is good. Promised Land. Promised Land. Yeah, like the, the Final Fantasy VIII one. Mm. Like there are certain maps where it's, where it's Midgar, kind of flat. I hate. Midgar, yeah, like, I absolutely Midgar, I do not like at all. Hate. Because like there's no way, there's no real not a lot of an easy way to get down once you're up. Like, you just, I just don't float like, and you're just like, oh my god, this is taking forever. It just, it, it just creates... Uh, especially, like, the ones where I think uh, Final Fantasy V's interdimensional uh, Rift. something Rift is, like, it's 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 kind of... Gra- uh, there's a gradient, so it's, like, different uh, levels. That I'm kind of okay with. Mm. But Midgar, it's like there's containers in the way, Ugh. like, all this stuff you've got to go up and over. Yeah. Like... Unless you're a melee, if you're a ranged character, it's just near impossible. Yeah, I I basically can't get a hit in. Like if somebody just runs runs around a corner, like it's done. I can't do anything. But anyway, so I feel like we're being kind of negative. No, but like, I mean, it's not. I think it's kind of constructive. Like I, I'm not saying I yeah, hate the like game we're not we're like, not saying we hate it. It's just like there's things I'm, that it could do better. Yeah, it's it's more like I think it's in a weird way. It's because we we want to enjoy the game and mm. and there is a lot there to enjoy and, I, and yeah you know i've been playing a lot I, I think i've almost unlocked all the story stuff now um mm-hmm. i've been playing it for about nine ten hours i've done uh, a decent amount of the story gauntlets mm-hmm. like i've i've been i've been trying lots of different characters and by the way side note daryl and i are sharing an account because we can't buy another <laughs> well, it's just pointless yes, it's, i know it's so pointless to buy another playstation plus uh just that i can play decidia but no um, like yeah. i, I it's um yeah it's just like there's there's stuff that they've done that i don't really understand mm. if that makes sense yeah no like I think... with the, like with the exclusion of ace and ramza from the story mm. like it's there's an there's a rationale behind it yeah but it's just like it seems a bit lazy and the story in general like it's it, really basic okay so yeah i've been playing nine ten hours i've almost unlocked i think i need th- for three three or four more memoria to unlock the whole story Mm. but just the way it was implemented is just it's just baffling like so basically you have it so that the they broke the story out into different um channels essentially so one of the channels you have noctis uh cecil and the warrior of light walking around with themselves another one is cloud and bart's um and there's four of them essentially yeah and you basically once you start you get locked in so there's there's like four or five sequences and battles that you can only use though that, that char- those, th- characters. those characters are the only ones in there and then they divulge at the end into two two streams um but if you finished one of them you can then view the the, the join up sequence before you finish the other yeah so there was a sequence like i did um shantoto um who is shantoto with i think it's titus 
and Firion. And um, I did this. I did finished off their one, but I hadn't finished off uh, Noctis, War of Lights and Cecils yet. But I saw the conclusion of their story before it even started it. Yeah, it's like the, it's the continuity. They should have just thing. made it like you can't view that sequence until you've done the other passage because it's but just... i seem to remember that having them having a similar problem with the the other Dissidia games didn't they have continuity issues with those ones as probably well? but it was more like as you progressed you saw the story through your progression yeah. it wasn't like oh i've unlocked some memoria so now i can because that's the other thing like i can i can view a story in noctis's path and then i can go and view one in shantoto and then i can yeah. go here and there like it's not a consistent thing so basically you you're ba- you're piecing the story together yourself depending on when you see the sequences like sure. there's a lot of i mean it's not exactly the most taxing story in the world no but it it puts on more effort into it just you. makes it a bit more it just it just feels a bit unorganized really i guess yeah and i don't i don't know why they chose to do they should it that have just way lo- yeah they should have just locked the convergent one until you get until you complete all of the all of the different sections that would have been a much sort of more congruent and, and the other thing i was uh, thinking about then based on like the ramza and the ace situation it's the same for all the villains mm. you don't ever play there's no there's no, no so outside of the online and the gauntlet mode the basic gauntlet there is no way you can play as a villain character mm. there's no way yeah i'm wondering if they will inject if they will add more in the future maybe I mean, they there might, might be, be more story gauntlets. I like the fact yeah. that they added the story gauntlets because just doing the basic gauntlet was getting very tedious. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what sort of Square Enix feels about because obviously the reviews are now coming in and or came in, and um, so we'll see how Square Enix sort of responds to it. I haven't really read any to see uh, how rev- the reviews general have been thing mixed. Is. Yeah, reviews have been mixed. But yeah, I think it's generally around, around the seventies. Yeah, I mean, which when is a you lot lower than the original Dissidia games. When you think about games like, um, like Mortal Kombat, for example, that does have like they have basic stories in there, but they have stories that incorporate the characters, um, the characters' personalities and yeah. stuff. I mean, the traditional like, they don't way of have, doing like, it. Large cutscenes. They just have like sort of uh, a few lines or whatever, and then they go into their next battle, and it just leads on from there, and. I think that that's so much better executed than what they've done here because they kind of have, I mean, some of the characters still have their personalities. Like Zidane still has his sort of flirtatious side and that sort of thing. But I feel like they really kind of, um, I almost kind of feel like Opera Omnia got the characters better than Dissidia NT in a way because I feel like they kind of are just... They're almost like clones of themselves. They're not. They're not actually themselves. But they reference like their past, their worlds, and everything. Yeah. Which is this? It like the story in Dissident is very superficial. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like here's a placeholder. There's just other ways they could have done it. Like obviously, in a traditional fighting game, you play as a character, you get to progress their story. Yeah. Whereas here, like they've done it. So as they've got the channels, there may be two, three. Two, two, maybe two or three battles and then a summon battle that mm. you have to use those characters for but you only have to use one of them mm-hmm. you don't have to use all three of them or four no. or two or whatever and then yeah so like uh, whereas it like yeah like if you're playing the old Tekken games you play you play as Nina you see Nina's story mm-hmm. you play as Anna you play as Anna's story you and play as Paul is, you see Paul's story the thing is as well is that a lot of the times like you have you have the stories where it's like um if you have uh oh what's her name oh oh, 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 oh what's her name the one who has the um Kazuya's mom or Jun? Kazuya's Kazuya's wife isn't it it's Jun. that way around yeah June 
you have those characters that are more in line with like the main story, like Kazu- well, probably more so Kazuya, but June is actually yeah, like Yoshimitsu. Yeah, is just there. Yeah, but he had, he does have his own story where he's like but they're out completely from the lab. King yeah. is like a um a WWE uh, WWE fighter and like that sort of thing, and like Law is just doing his thing. Laura, Laura and Paul have their kind of thing. Yeah, they have their little they have their little side and Paul story. and Kuma. Yeah, and I mean um. You know, it works, but it's very, it's very, very, very basic. And that's all they really, I think they tried to overcomplicate it in a way. They tried to make it like just super grand thing. Yeah, because I mean, basically, I'm I'm almost at the end of the story and the story could probably be wrapped up in about 20 seconds. Like they could have had so much, like, they like could have had so much fun with it. I mean, that. a lot of stories can be condensed very quickly, but this, there literally is no substance to it. It's mm-hmm. like they got summoned, something bad's happening, they beat it. Which yeah. is what I'm guessing that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, they just, it just seems like they just kind of pumped it out. They didn't actually, they didn't take the time to just sort of make it interesting. The only, the only thing I would say about the story that I have really enjoyed is Shantoto. Yeah, oh my, Shantoto There is, is a cutscene, and I hope you guys enjoyed it too, but there is a cutscene where it's Shantoto, and she's having a parlay with Ultima Sia, and it is absolutely hilarious it like it is just so good and but i'd say that that's the only sequence really that that kind of brought the characters together in a Mm. positive way yeah i think a lot of the other scenes like watching warrior of light cecil and noctis just walk around is kind of awkward like it's just not that enjoyable to watch like noctis just doesn't he doesn't fit with those characters at all because they are like warrior of light and cecil are like classic knight paladin honor duty blah 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 whereas noctis is like why am i here yeah what's going on where's where's ignis like do i have to help okay like they could have made it a lot more like world of final fantasy like i feel like world of final fantasy got the mood right for decidia in terms of like it doesn't have to take itself too seriously it's a tribute game like i find that the the sort of overpowering seriousness makes it a bit makes it a bit too awkward for me like i'm not i'm not much for the i have to fight for my friends i have to do this and that i'm I'm not much for that i i much prefer the roughness the real the sort of realistic thing i mean the fact that they let um lightning have meow meow choka chow as one of her sayings was like great from in my opinion but like they could have done so much with like kefka like so much more with kefka yeah i mean kefka's got involvement but it's very minimal in yeah. the story and so i just really think they didn't take advantage a, a of lot the of the villains have, have very minimal involvement there's yeah. like nothing they really do like yeah. and they're, they're, they're kind of doing stuff but they basically don't talk to each other um they have very like sephiroth and xdev have uh, a couple of sequences together um kefka ultimacia and i think maybe xdev is in that as well maybe Golbez, i don't know um like but there's very minimal like they're all kind of doing their own thing no one really knows what they're doing um, it's a bit of a mishmash, but yeah, yeah. Shantoto is boss. Yeah, Shantoto. But we knew is that she would be anyway. Boss. Okay, let's get on to the voice actors. Which I is think surprising. That, well, I'd say like the the person I've been impressed with the most with the voice acting is James Arnold Taylor. Mm. Like the guy is just so on point with everything. Yeah. Because a lot of what we're gonna talk about is is applicable to him as well. Like, it's been a... I mean, I don't know if they redubbed stuff for the uh, remaster. 
Um, I think they, they might have done a bit. But I mean, like, it's he still sounds exactly like Titus. They've at least they've at least did Will. They did Will, and that mm, wasn't too true. long ago. But then, like, even with that, like, John DiMaggio... Couldn't remember how to no. do Waka. But, like, I think that's been... Because it's been a long time since a lot of these voice actors have done the role. Mm. Like, I mean, it's it's kind of pernickety, but some of them just don't sound like the characters they're supposed to be playing. No. I actually, when I played the beta, I felt like James Arnold Taylor sounded a little bit different to the Titus that I know. But that's only because I think, because I played it recently. I played yeah. the original game really recently. But um, I'd say like Ali, saying, Ali Hillis is pretty good with lightning. Ali Hillis but is good. The difference, the problem with lightning is that her voice changed as the games went on. So depending yeah. on what your last point of reference was, it's going to be different. Because yeah. she sounds different in Lightning Returns than she does in 13 anyway, mm-hmm. because the character changed. Yeah. But like Squall, for some reason, sounds a lot different than I mean, he has in the past. Squall, I, the, what, the issue I have with Squall is that Squall, Squall is supposed to be 17. Mm. And he sounds like he's about 30 or 40. <laughs> yeah and i mean you know that that has to be a direction that's nothing to do with a voice actor mm-hmm. like it's just and they're obviously for 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 characters like that are pre-10 there's no point of reference for it anyway really yeah. you've got the and then the original decided didn't no it did have voice acting yeah but like um yeah i, I mean like bryce pappenberg as is, is a i think is fine yeah terror's fine um mm. but Jekt, that yeah. one sounded a bit off to me mm-hmm I don't know, I just... And I don't really think the voice of Spiritus fits that well either. Mm-hmm. Materia's fine. Yeah, I don't mind Materia. It's just like a bit of a mixed bag. And I, but, Shantoto's But I think it's great. just because I'm trying to think like, well, this is how the character should sound in my yeah. mind, but then they're slightly different. It's like, well, you know, cut the guy some slack. Yeah. Like, the guy who did Jekt, when did he last voice yeah, Jekt? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, fair enough. 16 years ago? It's fair like, enough. Like, it's not an easy job to do, really. I don't speak the way that I... I can't speak the way that I spoke like 10 it's years like, ago it's, it's exactly the same thing as like saying um you know in in acting getting someone to reprise the role um yeah. well, uh, they, like, like they with tron that. legacy or whatever yeah. when they um had jeff bridges come mm. back and like and it's like he's not going to look the same no. because he's older but they even have that problem with um so scarface when that when they released the remaster of that or sorry, um, no, when they released the game, uh, Scarface, The World is Yours, basically Al Pacino refused to do it because he's had so many years of chain smoking that his voice has completely changed and he can't do the, to- um, I want to say it's Tommy Frasetti, it's Tony <laughs> Montana. He, he can't do the Tony Montana voice anymore. So like you have that as well. I mean, granted, I would I would hope that voice actors take better care of their voices, but like you age anyway you age regardless like your voice your voice keeps changing over time um depending on yeah and it's like you know how many how many voice how many act like roles because you were saying like with world of final fantasy tara strong sounds different as riku but how many roles has she done since riku because riku was yeah like like 12 13 years ago that she last probably did that seriously i know it's true um but yeah i mean like overall i think it's okay i think it's just like yeah when you when you try to nitpick and and like think about them when they were in their original roles you can sort of find cracks there yeah but yeah i mean like to to kind of round this out we did a snap poll on uh twitter and youtube which we had about a thousand people respond to and i and i asked people like kind of different stages of how they were interpreting the game so i asked people if they were loving it if they thought it was okay if they were unimpressed by it or they just mm-hmm. weren't generally interested 
around 30 to 40 percent of people said they were really loving it mm. um then i guess there was like a 30 to 40 percent in the middle uh maybe a bit more than that saying that it was kind of all right or they mm. just they weren't just interested in the game in general yeah i'd say about 10 percent of people said they were really underwhelmed by the game mm. where, where would you see yourself fitting in the kind of general um, i mean i've always had my reservations about about Dissidia, if only because I just always felt like it looked too complicated for what they were going for. Like, I always felt like it looked a bit too mismatched, like, mm. especially with the uh, 3v3. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm underwhelmed because I was kind of expecting my opinions on it. Yeah. But I would say it's like, it's all right. Like, I still will play it. Like, I'm still happy to play... Dissidia, I'm not loving it. I'm not like, this is the best game ever. But, like, I I could find myself playing it and wanting to get better at it. I I mean, I'd probably put myself in the it's all right category too. I guess my concern with Dissidia is that we're in a week since its launch and there's people playing it. But mm-hmm. what's, what's going to drive people to carry on playing it? I mm-hmm. feel like it's going to tail off quite quickly. And, um, like, there's just... I, like once I once I finish off the story, I'll probably do a couple of online games, and then I'll just be like, "No, I'm done with this," because the trophies are just really cheap. Like there's so many of them, like yeah, getting a plus plus three times with a character, which is just so hard. Mm-hmm. Like there are people that have done it, of course, but it's just it's just so time consuming that it's just I don't find the game fun enough to want to keep playing it if that makes sense Mm -hmm. i'd I'd need an incentive to keep playing it yeah which i guess like in some cases if you were into the season pass idea the season pass but there's only going to be a new character coming out every two months yeah two months is a very long time for for a game like this you know there needs to be you look at destiny and how they do it you know there's there's updates there's new things happening daily Mm. and they do big updates every week like there's a lot to keep people invested and you know with destiny 2 i think i played it for about a month after launch until mm-hmm. i kind of lost interest but then that's when they would have their big dlc coming in mm-hmm. to try and drive people back in decidia nt doesn't have the big dlc it's a new character yeah. that's it yeah and it doesn't maybe it's gonna um have a big community that gets created like obviously there's a lot of people that still play street fighter online and mm-hmm. there's, there's the big communities that are forged around it maybe that's gonna happen and maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong maybe yeah. there's gonna be a lot of people still playing it but for me personally i i don't really it's the the game the games themselves are a couple of minutes long but mm. there there's too many obstacles in terms of the repeat playing i don't yeah. know how many games you could play an hour but it's not that many no no especially not with the load times um so yeah, but that's, yeah. that's kind of how, how i am like i'm I'm enjoying it yeah. for what it is I, I can't wait to finish the story to see what it actually is how it's going to conclude mm-hmm. i've been having i just beat the leviathan summon battle which was an absolute pain in the ass <laughs> um and I've done Ifrit and I've done Shiva. I'm going to do Ramu next. And then I guess Bahamut's the last one, mm-hmm. probably. Uh, or Odin. I don't know. There's only five. Mm. Oh, maybe there's... No, I think no, one of them has two. More. One there's of them has more. two in it, have, I think. Like, well, did, you didn't do... Did you do Alexander? No, I didn't either. I don't know. Maybe that... I don't think they're all in the story. No, possibly not. I don't know. Either way. I'm excited to do that. And I, I would probably want to finish off the story gauntlets to get mm. those trophies, I think. Uh, but outside of that, like, I don't... I don't see the appeal of of doing of keeping yeah. playing. I mean, if we had if we had people who we were playing with regularly, it would probably be fine. But we just don't have the time for we that. Don't have if we don't have regular schedules. No, it makes it hard. No. <laughs> um, but moving on to the question segment, 
Um, we have uh, some questions actually from Discord. Yeah, these are all from Discord. Actually. So um, definitely join our Discord if you're not already on it. Um, the We're link... going to be putting out more links to it on on Twitter mm-hmm. um, and also probably within the on the website Final Fantasy Union. So if you want to join the Discord, then then head to those places. Yeah, it's really great. We have a really great little community on there. Um, so this first one is from Ventus, uh, who is uh, relatively new to our Discord, uh, who asks. Would you want third-party characters in Dissidia NT? I would say yes. Mm. I, I think that's a no-brainer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we already saw from Water Final Fantasy with Sora. They used it as a promotional tool. I sassed them for it because I thought that there could have been other characters they could have added in. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think it's... With Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out this year, yeah, Sora, Sora be being decent, added into the game... I it mean, would be a decent shout. As a free update only like it could just be a free update they put mm-hmm. in in addition to the dlc characters that would be that would be such a good promotional tool for but the i game. also the the little um yoko taro lover yeah, in me would be obsessed with if they put in tb like that would be so cool if they put in tb i mean we've also seen that square enix well i would say to specifically tabata love a collaboration yes they, they love do. it we've just Cup seen needles. we've just seen knock disappearing in tekken 7 <laughs> Um, so, you know, there's nothing to say that they aren't already working on some deals to bring characters in. I mean, I'm guessing it's going to be slightly different from a licensing perspective because yeah. uh, it's going to be going in the arcades too. But um, I think, yeah, like, for, for sure. Like, they, I can see them adding in third-party characters. I don't mm. see why they wouldn't. Mm. Like, take the only reason I can say they wouldn't is because it's a Final Fantasy celebration game. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if they start adding in other characters, it undermines the fact it's a birthday anniversary game. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I can't see any reason why they wouldn't. So our next question is from Ryan, and uh, he wants to know, what is your favorite town or city in a Final Fantasy game? Um, It's kind of a generic question, but I don't think we've ever actually been asked that before. No, I don't think so. Um, I don't know. I mean, I... I have sort of favorites for different reasons. Like I really love, um, I really love Fisherman's Horizon, uh, Fisherman's Horizon, Fisherman's Horizon <laughs> in Final Fantasy VIII because of the music. Um, but it's also fun. I mean, you have the little, uh, you have the little bits with um, uh, the concert and that sort of thing, and uh, Squall finding a nudie magazine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I really like, I really like the events of um, of Fisherman's Horizon. But um, other than that, um, oh, where else do I really like? I really which, love. Which game do you think did locations best? I really think that, in a way, I feel like Final Fantasy X, and I feel like I'm just saying that because it's my favorite. But but I feel like Final Fantasy X, each place kind of was very secluded, but also um, just. They just all had their own, like, individual mm. styles. Like, I mean, you had Luca, which was very bright, but it's all you you had such a different feeling there than you had at Kilika. But I'm going to be a bit controversial and say that I like the Final Fantasy X-2's areas better than um, Final Fantasy X. If only because, well, with exception of maybe Gagazette in a way, just like that first Gagazette. I really don't like that first Gagazette um, that you do in the game. But, like, I really enjoy going around Kilika in uh, Final Fantasy X-2. I think that, like, rebuilt Kilika is just so pretty. And I I just love all of the... I love so many of the areas in Final Fantasy X. You have the Moonflow. You have um, 
uh, even Guadalajara, Thunder Plains. Like, there's so many locations that I can easily just pick off and say, like, these are really cool. Um, and I, think, I just like them the most. I think for me, uh, I'd probably say maybe Lindblom or Alexandria because I feel like Final Fantasy IX, more than any of the other games, actually gave the locations a sense of scale. Because I think one of the main problems I have with Final Fantasy locations is that they're so minimal. Mm-hmm. Out, I mean, like Final Fantasy VII, you've got Midgar, which is obviously huge. But outside of Midgar, everything seems so small. But even within Midgar, there's so many. There's not so many places that you can go. No, but like you still get the sense of scale. Yeah. Like if yeah. you think of like go to Cosmo Canyon, that yeah. place is tiny. Yeah. yeah. Like li- like Nibelheim, like literally, yeah. there's like three houses. Yeah. Like a lot of the places in Final Fantasy games over the years, like mm-hmm. they've just even Final Fantasy X, like they're so small. Mm-hmm. Like Besaid Village is like a couple of huts. I know, but it's so it's sweet. it's cool. But yeah. like I feel like for Final Fantasy Nine, they really got that sense of scale. Like mm-hmm. you go to Lindblom, you know it's a city, and when despite the fact you probably don't see too much of it, you 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 feel it's large. Like mm-hmm. Alexandria, you feel is large. Like Trino, you feel is large. Yeah, and I feel like that's they really. They've really kind of got that sense without having to show you too much. They made it seem like you were part of something bigger. Yeah. Whereas like Final Fantasy Nine, you go to Timber, it's tiny. Like a lot Final of the Fantasy place, Eight, you mean? Eight, yeah, Final Fantasy Eight. It, like a lot of the locations are tiny. I'd say the only one that really did it and uh, really achieved it as well was Final Fantasy Twelve. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't really like the locations that much. Like mm-hmm. Rabanasto is a big place, but I just didn't. Like, it just didn't have much personality compared mm-hmm. to Final Fantasy IX, I think. I really like some of the areas in uh, Final Fantasy VI as well. Um, I really liked going into like the Figaro Opera Castle House. And... Like, yeah, Figaro Castle was always fun. And um, oh, I'm blanking on the name of it, but that's that really bad city. The one, um, is it Kinos? No, it's not Kinos or something. It's something like that. But um, I really liked that area as well. Like um, uh, Where the lab is. Is it where the lab is? I don't think so. It's just that really bad area where it's like everybody steals from you and stuff. And it has really good music. Um, the music for the towns in Final Fantasy VI is like some of the best. Um, and you have like Narsh and stuff. But yeah. Okay, the next question is from uh, Kerflegel, which I really like the name. Um, if you could remove any game or property from the Final Fantasy universe, what would it be? Ooh um i mean there's different answers to this i think one would probably be like massive blots on the radar like all the bravest Mm. um that just were absolute just horrible horrible blights i'd Mm. say that just it it put the franchise at a low point yeah um from a narrative perspective weirdly like i'd probably say like 10 sorry the 13 trilogy in a way like not not the whole trilogy yeah but I don't feel as though there was really a point to to thirteen two or Lightning Returns. Like they didn't need to. Have, I mean, they retcon the entire story to make 13, uh, 13 2 happen, mm-hmm. uh, and then the ending of thirteen two was just such a kick in the teeth. Like they just um. they they just were trying things. It didn't really work out for them. I don't think. I think they would have been better just saying like thirteen's done. Let's make versus thirteen instead, guys. Yeah, and they would have avoided the entire mess we're in right now. <laughs> mm. I'm going to be really controversial and say Final Fantasy 15. If only because... It wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be. And also, it was just so noticeably rushed and not intended to be released in the state that it was in. Like, I just... I just feel like it showed a lot of the bad sides about Square Enix's development. And 
Um, yeah, I just really feel as though it it deserves a complete and utter overhaul, a complete redo. But at the same time, I'd rather them just move on. <laughs> but that's that's my opinion. It's never I, gonna happen, Lawrence. I know, I know. Like I really, there's so much that I like about that I liked about Far Fantasy 15's sort of potential storyline and it just it didn't go well in my opinion can i just say so what i sounded what i said it sounded really harsh that i wanted to get rid of the 13 i know i know but it's more like i don't i don't necessarily i think 13 to be fair it is a bit of of a harsh question i think 13 2 added a lot of good Mm. uh back into things like the 13 had problems um but it was more the fact that they just they needed to make some money back. Mm. They they kind of made a pointless game because the ending was so. They changed the open. ending of thirteen. They a horror like just did a horrible it job of ending of thirteen really. too. And lightning returns like there's people that really love it, but there's mm. it just kind of like lightning wasn't lightning anymore. Like yeah. there's just nobody stuff. was anybody anymore. Um, uh, anyway, right. So the last yeah. question we have is from Lucina, um, and they want to know what's your favorite optional boss in a Final Fantasy game optional boss um i mean you can't really go wrong with omega can you omega weapon and stuff well that's a controversial topic lauren because as of the the reaction video we did the royal edition i got omega and omega weapon confused oh dear got called out a lot for it (laughs) but yes omega weapon i I was gonna say omega weapon too (laughs) i just think there's it's it's such a mainstay within the series and i think that my reason's different Okay. <laughs> I I mean they're always they're always so difficult. Like especially in eight, I found that he was just a prat and a half. Um, but then aside from that, um, to go differently, I do really like the weapons in Final Fantasy VII as well. I just liked the collection of them. I thought that they were really um interesting and well, fun. only emerald and ruby were optional. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. But yeah, emerald and ruby because they were just they yeah they were just so hard and annoying. But then you also have the dark aeons in Final Fantasy X as well, who are lethal. They are absolutely. Are they your favorite though? Lethal. <laughs> I don't know if they're my favorite. I, to be honest, like I I don't I'm not really a completionist when it comes to Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. I think I'd probably be slightly different now with the trophies, mm-hmm. which didn't exist in the past. But the only I'd say the only. So, optional boss I've really ever done that I can remember is Omega Weapon mm. in Final Fantasy VIII. Mm-hmm. Like it's there's obviously like other optional ones in Final Fantasy VIII, like getting the different GFs are optional. Yeah. Um, but I'd say King uh, Tom Berry. Omega Weapon <laughs> is probably the one I had the most fun with because it was quite it was quite a fluid thing. Like I was really proud of the setup I created for myself. Um, I didn't use any guides or anything. I just. I just figured out how to beat him myself, and I was really happy about that. Whereas, like Omega, sorry, Emerald and Ruby, I just never, I never saw the appeal of doing it. I cheated to beat them mm-hmm. using an Explorer cheat cartridge. Oh, yeah. Like I just didn't, I didn't care. I, I mean, I didn't cheat in that way, but I just I manipulated the situation. Yes. But yeah, I'd say, I'd, I'd say probably Omega Weapon in, in eight mm. is my favorite. And then you also have like Penance in Final Fantasy X, who's just a brat, but. Yeah, I mean, I think Omega Weapon is just one of those things where he's just always been, he's just always been cool. He's always been a cool presence. I mean, yeah, even some, even though optional bosses in 15, uh, like, because there's the Randolph's Quest ones. Well, there's um, ones coming now, aren't there? Yeah. Which I think the king, the old kings will be interesting. But I don't really, I mean, the Final Fantasy 15 gameplay 
it it doesn't it doesn't make bosses like that enjoyable. Yeah, it's but just like again. I want to get through it. <laughs> There again, Ozma isn't really that enjoyable, is he? I didn't do Ozma, though. Yeah, I didn't do him either, and I don't really find any interest in anyway, doing him. Anyway, that's that's all our questions. Uh, if you want to ask us questions, ping them to us on Twitter, Facebook, on the Discord, wherever. We will try to answer them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our music for this episode is from Final Fantasy VI, and it's an arrangement of Searching for Friends by the Moonbow Music Movie uh, channel on YouTube, which are a group of Japanese people who kind of pull together like massive assortments of instruments and stuff to to recreate stuff. If you haven't checked them out, do so. I mean, like some of their Chrono Trigger stuff is amazing, mm. and they have millions of views on those videos. Um, but yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy that. The next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 20th of February. And of course, if you subscribe to Final Fantasy Union on the iTunes store, you'll get notified when the episode comes out. Just search for Final Fantasy. We're the number one show still. We checked recently. Yay! Yay! And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We've got an Origins video uh, coming up for Squall soon, Mm -hmm. which everyone's really excited about. Um, So yeah, we've got other stuff coming up as well. Uh, Obviously, news updates and stuff, uh, which obviously come out on the website too which are done by Brayden um, so yeah thank you Brayden hopefully you. you guys uh, enjoyed the episode remember if you really enjoy uh, what we do feel free to support us on Patreon you can come on the show like Blue Machine did uh, last episode or you can get badges and stuff like that so yeah be sure to check that out but yeah I think it's time for us to say goodbye now Lauren bye everyone and I'm Daryl saying goodbye this has been a FunnelFantasyUnion.com production